the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No other book of the New Testament declares more fully and defends more thoroughly the Lordship of Christ. Paul says Christ is the key to everything. He is all we need. All God has ever done, is ever going to do, is done in Christ Jesus. It's done in Christ Jesus, but you and I are His hands and feet here on this earth. Welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. And Pastor Layton is back in the book of Colossians. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. This program is here Monday through Friday, and you can find the ministry on the web at studyversebyverse.com. With uh, a bit of an overview of Colossians, here's Pastor Layton. Like uh, many Christians today, the Christians in Colossae were fond of mixing the truths of Christianity with some of the ideas and notions of their surrounding culture. Uh, Some of them fell into forms of legalism. Others used the uh, freedom we have in Christ for licentiousness and gross immorality. And whenever the doctrines of the faith are mingled, the integrity of the gospel is compromised and it becomes impossible to distinguish that form of Christianity from any other religion of the world. Now that was like our time today, an age of religious pluralism and syncretism where uh, people chose the kind of religion that they wanted, one religion that was considered just as good as another, uh, that what's true for you may not be true for me, Um, all religions are basically the same, and they denied the lordship of Christ. And Colossians here declares very clearly that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see, true Christianity is all about Christ Jesus. Jesus is supreme. He is preeminent. He is of first importance. Everything revolves around Him. Christianity is all about Christ Jesus. And Christ Jesus is unique because Jesus is God incarnate. The word incarnate means in the flesh. Jesus is God in the flesh. Unique who came to reconcile mankind with God by making peace through his death on the cross. The preeminence of Christ is the theme of Colossians. The Apostle Paul, who wrote it, uh, tells us again and again to keep our eyes on Jesus and not get it caught up in man-made religions and pleasing people and observing religious festivals and self-denial and those kinds of things. They might have an appearance of wisdom, but really they're of no value. Now, what he tells us is to instead set our minds on things above and not on things of this earth. To do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God. No other book of the New Testament so declares more fully and defends more thoroughly the Lordship of Christ. Paul says Christ is the key to everything. He is all we need. All God has ever done, is ever going to do, is done in Christ Jesus. Now, our study today begins at at verse 24, but I'd like to begin reading at 15 because that's the passage we studied when we were together on this sermon series previous, and it provides an essential foundation for understanding our present passage of study. Verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, speaking of Christ, the firstborn of all creation. 
For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now that's the passage we studied before. Verse 24 says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery, hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And for this I toil, struggling with all His energy that He powerfully works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and of the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. So in the passage we begin our study today, Paul speaks about his suffering on behalf of Christ and the church. Now Warren Wearsby wrote, If you received a letter from a man you had never met, a man who was a prisoner, accused of being a troublemaker, how would you respond? Well, the Colossians faced that exact problem. They knew that Paul had been instrumental in leading their pastor, Epaphras, to saving faith in Christ. They also knew that Epaphras had gone to Rome to consult with Paul and had not yet returned. The church members had received Paul's letter, brought to them by Tychicus and Onesimus, but the false teachers in Colossae had been discrediting Paul and causing doubts in the people's minds. Why listen to a man who's a political prisoner? They asked. Can you trust him? Well, Paul no doubt realized that this would be the situation, so he paused in the first part of his letter to give some words of explanation. He'd been so wrapped up in exalting Jesus Christ that he'd not shown any interest in writing about himself. In this section, Paul explained his ministry. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study the passage verse by verse. Verse 24 begins, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. 
So he begins by saying, now I rejoice in my sufferings. And that word now is not introducing a new subject. It is tying what follows with what precedes it. It is because of who Christ is and what he has done that Paul is now able to rejoice in circumstances that would not normally call for rejoicing. He is in prison. And the prisons back there were not a place anyone wanted to be. So what can we learn from the Apostle Paul to help us in our time of suffering? Well, to begin with, the Apostle Paul recognized he was suffering because of Jesus Christ. Uh, it was the fellowship of his sufferings that, like the early apostles, the, uh, Paul rejoiced that he was counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Now, as the Apostle Peter pointed out, a Christian should never suffer as a thief or an evildoer because a Christian should never be a thief or an evildoer. But it is an honor to suffer as a Christian. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus promised that there would be a special blessing and reward for those who were faithful and suffered for the sake of Christ. He said, blessed are you when people insult you persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Continuing, he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. See, Paul considered it an honor. He rejoiced at uh, suffering because of of what was being accomplished by his suffering, that the early believers were gaining courage by watching him and his example. Now, sure, the false preachers uh, and teachers might have pointed to his imprisonment as some kind of evidence that, that made his leadership questionable, but Paul explained that his imprisonment proved the truth of his words and that it was part of God's plan for the sake or benefit of his body, which is the church. See, there was a time when Paul had persecuted the church and caused it to suffer greatly, but now Paul was devoting his entire life to the care and nurture of the church. He didn't ask, like many Christians do, what can I get out of it? What's in it for me? He asked, how much will God allow me to put into it, invest in his work of the church? Now the verse continues, it says, And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, that is the church. Now this is a very important verse, and this is a very important part of the verse, because this part of this verse has caused a great deal of debate and discussion over almost 2,000 years of church history. You see, some have interpreted the afflictions of Christ here, as mentioned, as being redemptive, his redemptive or mediatorial sufferings, and have then used this verse as grounds for claiming or asserting that Christ's atonement is defective or incomplete and that the sufferings of the saints are needed to supplement or augment his work on our behalf. That interpretation has been the basis for teaching things like good works, purgatory, attendance, uh, regular faithful attendance, the purchase of indulgences, and other so-called merits that need to be added to the merit that the Lord has provided. But is that a correct interpretation of this verse? Now, it's important to observe that there are different kinds of suffering. Dr. J. Vernon McGee wrote, there are two kinds of suffering. There is ministerial suffering and there is mediatorial suffering. Christ's suffering for us was mediatorial. 
the sufferings of Paul were not. Mediatorial. What's that about? Mediatorial, mediator, mediation. Those words are all related to each other. You know, I was listening to the radio this week as I was going from someplace to someplace, and there was an advertisement that came on. And it was an attorney extolling the benefits of mediation and making their services as a mediator available. What is mediation? Well, like so many things, there is mediation as we understand it, as it has become known here on earth, and there is mediation as it is described and practiced in the Bible. Pastor Layton will pick up from this point tomorrow, and we'll continue on in our study in the book of Colossians. This is a broadcast called Study Verse by Verse, and it's presented by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining with us today. If you'd like to know more about the ministry, we're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. You can come alongside of this ministry uh, financially when you go to that website. You can give safely. And, of course, additional details about Church of the Highlands, and we would love to see you if you're looking for a church home. The website is highlands.us. That's highlands.us. We'll be back tomorrow, as I said, at this same time when Pastor Layton will once again open the book of Colossians and help us study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.